Good morning, everyone. It's so good to greet you. Uh, as Cody said, my name is Russ, and we're going to be sharing God's word here in just a few moments. Vamos a compartir la palabra de Dios en unos momentos. But I uh, just uh, wanted to bring you a quick word of thanks again. Uh, those of you who've been inquiring about my wife, she's been home now for a week, a little over a week now, almost two weeks with her surgery, recovering at home, slowly making progress towards being able to walk on her own. So thank you for your prayers. Thanks for your encouragement. Gracias por su ánimo y sus oraciones en cuanto a mi esposa que está en casa recuperándose de una cirugía. I want to send the boys and the girls off to children in worship time right now. They are such a wonderful part of our church family. We care about you boys and girls. We want you to know God's word, and I hope that you'll be listening and gaining understanding and wisdom for your lives as you uh, have the Bible presented to you. Uh, our children up to fifth grade will be going for that time. Los niños hasta quinto grado van al tiempo de niños en adoración. The rest of us, I want you to know there are Bibles available. Uh, you don't need to be without a Bible when you're here in church. And if you don't have one at home, take it with you. We have paperback Bibles there on the two tables in the back. Hay Biblias detrás en las mesas. And as Cody says, today we're beginning a new series of messages uh, focusing on the gospel according to Matthew. So I want to direct you there. It's the very first book in the second half of the Bible, uh, Matthew. And this morning, we're going to, uh, I'm going to read five or six verses here for you. Quiero leer cinco versículos, Matthew 1, verses 20 through 25. But really, our focus this morning is really on covering the entire first two chapters of Matthew. Vamos a mirar los primeros dos capítulos hoy, cubrirlos como nuestro enfoque. So, I want to encourage you to have Bibles open so you can kind of look at that. And maybe even this afternoon, go home and read it over again or, or glance at those first two chapters. There's, there's a lot in there. Pueden mirar los, estos dos capítulos ahora y también en su casa después. But right now we'll focus on the first, uh, the first chapter beginning in verse 20. And I believe there's a page number. I didn't get it up this week. See, it's been that kind of a week. So it's all right. You will find it. I think we got some direction for you. But... Uh, I'm going to read in Spanish first, and then we'll read in English. Voy a leer primero en español, y después lo leemos en inglés. This is the good news of our Lord, el Evangelio, las buenas nuevas de nuestro Señor. Pero cuando él, es decir, José, estaba considerando hacerlo, es decir, separarse de María, se le apareció en sueños un ángel del Señor y le dijo, José, hijo de David, no temas recibir a María por esposa, porque ella ha concebido por obra del Espíritu Santo. Dará a luz un hijo y le pondrás por nombre Jesús, porque él salvará a su pueblo de sus pecados. Todo esto sucedió para que se cumpliera lo que el Señor había dicho por medio del profeta. La Virgen concebirá y dará a luz un hijo, y lo llamarán Emmanuel, que significa Dios con nosotros. Cuando José se despertó, hizo lo que el ángel del Señor le había mandado, y recibió a María por esposa, pero no tuvo relaciones conyugales con ella hasta que dio a luz un hijo a quien le puso por nombre Jesús. But after he, that is Joseph, had considered this, considered divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Well, I don't know if we really appreciate this, but I think it is true, uh, at least I've heard so, that uh, the business of making movies is really tough. Es difícil hacer las películas. I mean, if you think about it for a moment, it's tough to get people to come out and drive to a theater and shell out $15 per person, not to mention popcorn and soda and all of that, just to sit and be entertained for a couple of hours. Es difícil atraer un público para dar 15 dólares para ir a una película. And we don't realize it, but a lot of movies that come out, they just don't make it. Hay muchas películas que no tienen éxito. They're not successful. There are a lot of flops out there. I mean, you know, they come out and for a week or two, you know, they show them in the theaters and then they're gone. That's it. Vienen y se van muy rápido. The few movies that really are successful, las películas exitosas, they often are hugely successful. I mean, they make it big. They, they rake in millions, even billions of dollars worldwide. Recaudan mucho dinero, millones por todo el mundo. And oftentimes, those movies that make it really big, those are the movies that tell a big story. They're often what we would call epic movies. Son películas épicas. Think about it. Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings. The Avengers and Captain America. And of course, the, the latest one, the Black Panther. All these superhero movies are telling a big story. These are the movies that make it. And of course, there is, uh, behind all of those epic movies, there is the grandfather of them all. And that is... Star Wars. You guys called it. Guerra de las Galaxias. Now at 10 major movies and counting. It's still going. I must say, 10 películas. And the huge appeal of Star Wars, I think, is that it tells this grand, compelling, epic story, esta epopeya, esta gran historia, and there are all kinds of different characters within the story, and the plot has all kinds of twists and turns and ups and downs, hay personajes, mucha narración, and the bottom line is fans get into the story and fans care about the story, a los fanáticos les importan La historia. Fans care that little Anakin Skywalker grew up to be Darth Vader and he married Padme and they had two twins, Luke and Leia. That's incredible. That's so exciting. Les importa que Darth Vader tuvo dos cuates con, con Padme. And then, and then they care that, that Leia, uh, Princess Leia, got married to Han Solo and they had a little boy named Kylo Ren and he's, oh man, he's got problems. And, you know, people identify with this stuff. Les importa que Luke y, y, y Han Solo tuvieron un hijo Kylo Ren. And, 
And every time a new movie comes out, what happens? All the fans are wrapped up in it, and they're second-guessing stuff. They're like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. Because back in episode three, you see, that happened. So, no, they, oh, they messed that up. A veces dicen, no, eso no pudo pasar, eso por lo que ocurrió en el episodio tres. Or the fans will say, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. But yeah, that totally makes sense because back in episode whatever, this and that and the other thing happened, they're into the whole thing. They're all absorbed in it. And always there are the questions that come up. Hay preguntas. So Ray and Poe, were they twins separated at birth like Luke and Leia? Could that be? Ray como Luke y Leia? Or how about Ray and Finn? What's going to happen? There's a budding romance there. What's going on, you know? Or, or how about Kylo Ren? Will he finally turn away from the dark side and come to the good just like his grandfather, Darth Vader? Kylo Ren va a volver a lo bueno como su abuelo? All these questions abound, right? And, and it spans multiple generations. Not just within the story, but they've been making these movies for 40 years. You got parents, grandparents, children, all enjoying the story together. Hay múltiples generaciones. Now, if you think about that, the, the great appeal of Star Wars, this morning I can stand up and tell you that there is a story that we have to tell that is much greater in scope than Star Wars. Hay una gran historia que narramos aquí. It is more real in its power. It spans multiple generations and it is the story of this great cosmic struggle to put everything back together again in our world to make things right. Se trata de una lucha cósmica para poner las cosas bien and that is the story of the Bible. It is the story that we as Christians proclaim. And really, it is the story that is laid out for us in this portion of God's Word known as the Gospel of Matthew. Es la historia del Evangelio de San Mateo. And so for the next seven or so Sundays, I would like to invite you to get into this story with me. To get caught up in it. Quiero invitarles a este estudio de Mateo. What we're going to do is each week I would like to be looking at two chapters at a time. We don't often look at big chunks of the Bible, but I think there's value in that. And so today we're looking at chapters one and two. The next time I share, it'll be three and four. And so kind of the idea is we're going to cover the first half of Matthew this spring. Vamos a cubrir la primera mitad de Mateo en la primavera. And then, true to Star Wars, we're going to come back in the fall with another episode. Okay, episode two, which will cover chapters 15 through 28 in the fall, to give us time to really absorb what's going on in this story. Queremos hacer la segunda mitad en el otoño. So, today we're looking at the first two chapters, and I know you haven't read it, but I want to invite you, as I said, to read it later. And really, the first two chapters are like a prequel. They, they kind of give us the context. They set us up for everything else that's going to follow here in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. Es, es como que nos ponen el contexto, los primeros dos capítulos. And so, if you look at the very first verse, if you took, turn back to the very first verse of Matthew, and use your imaginations with me, but I can almost see this like, like the beginning of a Star Wars movie. You know, it's like, 
and it comes out in, in 3D, a scroll. It's kind of rolling back. You know how they do? It's como un, un rollo de tres dimensiones. And it says, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Tabla genealógica de Jesucristo, hijo de David, hijo de Abraham. And then what follows from that is this scroll of names that comes past. The family tree of Jesus. Luego la familia de Jesús. Su genealogía. And what we need to understand about this list, if you read it, this is not, this is not, this is not a boring list of names. No es una lista aburrida de nombres. It's not a boring list of names if you know the story. If you're a fan. Because you see what Matthew is doing here through these names. He is retelling the epic tale of the Old Testament, of everything that's come before. Mateo está narrando la, la historia épica del Antiguo Testamento. First of all, right at the head of the list of the family tree of Jesus, there's this man named Abraham. I Abraham, who was Abraham? He was this guy that God called out of his homeland far, far away, not in a galaxy, but in a world far, far away. God called him to go to an entirely strange new place he'd never been to, and he called him to go out of blind faith, and Abraham went. He's the original man of faith. Dios lo llamó de su tierra de comodidad a una nueva tierra por pura fe. And if you scroll down a little further, there's another name that might come to your attention, and that name is David, I, David. David was a young shepherd boy whom God plucked out of the pasture and he called him to kill a giant to become the king of Israel and to become the shepherd of an entire nation. That's what David was known as, the shepherd of Israel. Dios llamó a David como un joven pastor para matar un gigante, hacerse rey y ser pastor del pueblo Israel. And so the names go on. There are other names on the list. Some of them are familiar like Solomon. Some of them are kings. And some of them are rascals. And some of them are ordinary people that we really don't know much about. People like you and me. Hay reyes y pícaros y personas ordinarias. And then if you look at this list, and I hope you get a chance to go over it later, there are four women in this list. Four women. And each one of them is a woman of questionable character. Hay cuatro mujeres de carácter dudoso. Up at the top, there's a woman named Tamar. Hay Tamar. Tamar is known for tricking her father-in-law, Judah, into getting her pregnant. That's kind of questionable. engañó a su suegro, Judá, para que quedara encinta. There's another woman, if you scroll down, named Rahab. Hay Rahab. She was a prostitute. That's questionable. She betrayed her own people in order to affiliate with the people of God and to give Israel the victory. Era prostituta que traicionó a su propio pueblo para unirse al pueblo de Dios. And then there's another woman named Ruth. Ruth. She was from Israel's hated enemy, the people of Moab, and somehow she sneaked into the family tree of God's people. Era parte de los enemigos de Dios y se metió en la familia de Israel. 
And then the fourth questionable woman on the list is a woman named Bathsheba. She's the one who had an affair with David the king, had a baby out of wedlock, and really kind of complicated his career from that point on. Ella tuvo, Bethsabé tuvo un niño fuera del matrimonio con David. Four women of questionable character. What's that all about? Well, Matthew lays it out and he says there's 14 generations from Abraham to David. Hay 14 generaciones de Abraham a David. 14 generations from David to the time that Israel was kicked out of its land into the land of Babylon. They call it the exile. 14 generaciones de David hace tiempo del exilio en Babilonia cuando fueron expulsados los israelitas. And then 14 generations from there to the birth of Jesus. Luego 14 generaciones de, del exilio hasta Jesús. Now, we look at this and we say, you know, this is kind of interesting and all, but why do we need to know this stuff? I mean, you know, is this on some test? What's, you know, what's this all about? ¿Por qué tenemos que saber esto? Well, here's what I think. Matthew wants us to know something. He wants us to know, and he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, he wants us to know that God is writing a different story here. Dios está escribiendo otra historia. It's a different story. It's a new story. And yet this new story that God's writing is being built on top of the old story of the people of Israel. Dios está escribiendo una historia diferente y nueva encima de la vieja. And he wants us to see that. That Jesus is the plan of God to write out a new story over the template, over the pattern of the story of Israel. You see, this Jesus is, in a sense, if you think about it, this Jesus is like a second Abraham. Este Jesús es como Abraham. God calls him out of the comforts of an eternity in heaven to come down to the earth and to be born in a very uncomfortable place, in a stable under the nose of an evil king, Dios lo llama de la comunidad del cielo para ir a la tierra por fe. And this Jesus is a little bit also like David. Él es como David. He is called to come to earth to slay the giant of our sin, to become the king that would sit on David's throne forever. In fact, that was a promise God gave to David. You'll have a king after me. He'll be on your throne forever, a king after you. Ese Jesús va a sentarse en el trono de David para siempre y, y matar los gigantes. And this Jesus, like David, will be the shepherd of his people. He will be the good shepherd, the really good shepherd. Este va a ser el buen pastor. And this Jesus is going to be born at a time when Israel is in a kind of exile. They haven't left their land, but they're not in control of their lives. They're in a kind of Babylon type of situation because they're under the, the thumb of the Roman Empire. They don't control their destiny. Este Jesús nace en tiempos como de Babilonia cuando están bajo el Imperio Romano. And get this, this Jesus is going to be born of another questionable woman. 
This woman named Mary who says she's a virgin, but not even her fiancé believes her at first. That's questionable. And nace una mujer que dice ser virgen, pero ni su novio lo, lo comprende al principio. And so Matthew's making the point here that God is writing a different story and that he's putting it on top of the old story of Israel. And where Israel messed up, God's going to work it out. Dios lo va a obrar por el bien. That's what the angel tells Joseph. Mary's husband, when she, the angel appears to him, and that's where in chapter 1, what we just read, verses 20 and 21, we find what I think could be a good summary of the first two chapters. Vamos a ver versículo 20, 21. The angel says to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. No temas recibir a María por esposa, ella concebida, concebido por obra del Espíritu Santo. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Dará a luz un hijo y le pondrás por nombre Jesús, porque él salvará a su pueblo de sus pecados. See, the story of Abraham and David and Solomon, and Israel, that story, la historia de Israel, that story was about a people conceived in sin, deceived by sin, and they gave birth to all kinds of trouble. Israel fue concebido en pecado, engañado por el pecado, nació, dio a luz problemas. But the story of Jesus is going to be different. It is different because this Jesus is not conceived in sin. He's conceived by the Holy Spirit. He is born of the Virgin Mary to give birth to our deliverance, to save us out of our troubles. Él nace para librarnos de nuestros problemas. It's the same story, but it's a different story. La misma historia, pero es diferente. And that's really, I think, the point that Matthew's trying to make, at least one of the points throughout these first two chapters. He's trying to point us to this, and there's all kinds of connections and all kinds of things going on. In fact, one Bible scholar notes, Matthew says there's three sets of 14 generations, right? Hay tres juegos de 14 generaciones, but this Bible scholar says, yeah, but if you break it down further, there's six sets of seven generations. There are six Groups of seven, hay seis grupos de siete generaciones, and Jesus is the beginning of the seventh seven. Jesús es el séptimo siete, and seven for the Hebrews is the number of perfection. Jesus is the seventh seven. That's saying he's the completion, he's the culmination of God's plan for Israel. Él es la cumbre del plan de Dios para Israel. And if you look at the first two chapters, it's interesting to count that there are seven prophecies from the Old Testament that are quoted, seven prophecies that point to Jesus as the fulfillment of God's plan. It's like there's neon signs going, here, here, this is Jesus. Hay siete profecías que señalan a Jesús como cumplimiento del plan de Dios. And so God's retelling the story of Israel through the story of Jesus, but with a totally different twist. Es otra historia con otra, otro, uh, otra trayectoria. 
In fact, I mean, you can look. I want to encourage you. Read this this afternoon. Find the connections yourself. Here's what I found. There's a second Joseph here. Un segundo Jose. And the second Joseph's like the first Joseph in the Old Testament. He has all kinds of dreams. Four dreams by Joseph in the first two chapters of Matthew. Jose tiene sueños. The first Joseph had a dream and it landed him in Egypt. The second Joseph has a dream and he goes to Egypt. Segundo Jose tiene un sueño va a Egipto como el primero. There's a second pharaoh in this story. Un segundo faraón. His name is King Herod. Herodes. The first pharaoh tried to kill the baby boys of Israel because he wanted to get to Moses, God's chosen one. El primer faraón quería matar a los bebés varones de Israel. The second pharaoh tries to kill all the boys around Bethlehem to get to Jesus. Segundo faraón quiere matar a los niños de Belén. And so in that sense, Jesus is like a second Moses. Jesús es como un segundo Moisés. Moses was in Egypt as a baby and he grew up and brought his people out of Egypt, out of slavery, through the Red Sea. Moisés trajo a su pueblo de Egipto de la esclavitud por medio del Mar Rojo. Jesus goes down to Egypt because he's going to bring his people out of the Egypt, the slavery of their sin. By doing what? By taking them through the Red Sea of his blood shed on the cross. See, it's the same story, but it's a different story. Jesús nos va a dejar a liberar la esclavitud del pecado por el marrojo de la cruz. So all these connections. Uh, now, Moses, we know, took the people out of Egypt, but he didn't make it to the promised land, did he? Moisés no llegó a la tierra prometida. There was another leader after Moses who did. His name was Joshua, había Josué, and Joshua took the people into the promised land. Josué llevó al pueblo a la tierra prometida. Well, Jesus' name is Yeshua in Hebrew, which is the Hebrew equivalent of Joshua. Jesús es Yeshua en hebreo, es Josué. Jesus is the second Joshua. Because he will not only deliver us from sin, but he will rise from the dead to take us to the promised land of the kingdom of God. Él nos lleva a la tierra de Dios. And the equivalents are there. Uh, Jesus is the second Solomon because the scriptures say in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Jesus is a second Abraham. He's a second David. He's a second Solomon. He's a second Joshua. He's a second Moses. Es el segundo Moisés, Abraham, Josué, etc. And yet, look at verse 23. Matthew 1.23 says, this is the prophecy, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. La Virgen concebirá y dará a luz un hijo, lo llamarán Emmanuel, que significa Dios con nosotros. A Bible scholar much smarter than, my, than I am makes the note that that name Emmanuel it's from the Old Testament, but there is no Emmanuel in the Old Testament. Emmanuel no existe en el Antiguo Testamento. Jesus may be the second Abraham, second Moses, second this and second that, but he's the one and only Emmanuel, the one and only God with us. Es el único Dios con nosotros. He's the only one who will save his people from their sins. So you see, this is all exciting and, and you know I'm getting real pumped up here as I talk about it, but maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, so what? 
What does that have to do with my life and my problems? ¿Qué tiene que ver esto con mi vida y mis problemas? Why do I need to know this? I like the answer that uh, author and pastor Tim Keller gives in one of his books. Me gusta la respuesta del pastor y autor Tim Keller. It's an answer that I think is worth considering. He says, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Es el evangelio. And we need to understand what the gospel is. The gospel is news, not advice. El evangelio es noticias y no un consejo. Maybe you were coming here this morning looking for advice. But the gospel is news, not advice. Advice is counsel about how to get something accomplished. Un consejo te, te dice qué hacer. Advice tells you what to do. Wouldn't it be easy if somebody just told you what to do? Just do this, do this, do this, and your life will be great. Three ways to have a great life. But that's not the gospel. Gospel's not advice. It's news. El evangelio es noticias. News is a report. Counsel tells you what to do, but news is a report of something that's already been done. News doesn't tell you what to do. It tells you what's been done for you. The story of Jesus Christ is good news. It doesn't tell you what to do to save yourself from your sins because you can't do anything. It is a report. It is the news of what Jesus Christ has come to do, and it's done. And now what are you going to do about that? Es un consejo, no. Es noticias de que ha hecho Jesús por ti. ¿Cómo vas a responder? How do you respond to that? See, through Jesus, God is writing a different story out of our old stories of sin and our stories of failure and brokenness. And he's writing a different story through Jesus so that we can be different. Dios está escribiendo una nueva historia para que seamos diferentes. That's good news, is it not? That we can be different through Jesus Christ. But you see, through Jesus, uh, God is also writing a different story out of our lives for another reason. And the other reason is he not only wants to make us different, he wants us now to follow this Jesus who is God with us, to be with this God, or this one who's God with us, trust in him, be like Abraham, be like David, be like Solomon, cling to Jesus so that we, along with him, can make a difference. So we can go into all the world and make disciples. El quiere que podamos caminar con este Jesús para marcar una diferencia. So, the gospel is good news that makes us different to make a difference. El evangelio nos hace diferentes para marcar una diferencia. So, the invitation this morning that I would give you, and I think it would come from Matthew, really, the invitation is this. Get into the story. Get caught up into this story. Que seamos arrebatados por esta historia. Get caught up in Jesus. You know, get connected with the good news and with the, the one that the good news is all about. Conectense con las buenas noticias de Jesús. That's the thing that, you know, he's the true superhero of the story. Él es el superhéroe de la historia. In fact, I would dare say, that Jesus Christ, if you dig enough, he is the true hero behind every true story that's ever been written in our world. 
Él es el verdadero héroe de toda historia verídica. So the question I want to ask you this morning is what is your story like right now? ¿Cómo es tu historia? Is your story mainly about failure or frustration or stress or pain or depression or fear hopelessness de qué se trata tu historia de frustración desesperanza pecado dolor what's your story like today whatever your story is like get caught up into this story I want to pray for you to allow Jesus Christ to bring his good news into your story, to rewrite whatever's going on in your life, to rewrite the direction of your life, to make you different. Vamos a orar para que Jesús entre en su historia para que pueda ser diferente. He wants to be God with us. He wants to be God with you. And he wants to make your life different so you can make a difference. Él quiere que seas diferente para marcar una diferencia. See, people, this is not boring at all. I mean, this is not what you think it is. It's, this isn't just a nice campfire story either that we just tell, right? This is epic. This is epic. Because this is the one story that changes absolutely everything. La historia que lo cambia todo. And so I want to invite you right now to, to pray with me. And we're going to do what Cody had encouraged us to do earlier, to really seek the Lord's direction on how we react to this good news. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that the Scriptures point to you at every turn. En cada vuelta tu palabra te señala a ti. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring this writer, Matthew, to bring to us this message of good news. Gracias por las noticias que nos trae Mateo por medio de tu Espíritu Santo. Holy Spirit, would you, would you guide us to understand and to know how we can receive this, this news of something that's already been done for us. Jesus has already come. Jesus has already changed the entire course of history by entering into the story of this world. And we thank you for that. We thank you that, that Jesus, you are God with us. That's not just a slogan or a nice thing to say or to think about. It is true. Que podamos comprender que tú, Jesús, eres Dios con nosotros. Y no es solo una ilusión, un sueño. It is real. And so we invite you, Jesus, into our stories this morning, into the struggles we have every day. We invite you into the places where we have messed up this week. We invite you into the pain. Te invitamos a nuestras historias donde hemos fracasado esta semana. We invite you into our church family. Jesus, we need you. We need this good news. Tenemos necesidad de estas buenas noticias. And I pray that as we continue to open up to, to you, Lord Jesus, and to your word, that we will walk 
in a new way, that we can truly be different, que podamos caminar contigo de una forma diferente, that our eyes will see people differently, that we'll love people better than we do right now, that we will care about the things you care about and hurt for those who hurt, and that we can One day at a time, we can make a difference that somehow, Jesus, because you're with us, you're God with us, we can be somehow, it's, it's frightening to say it, but we can be somehow Jesus with other people. Queremos ser Jesús con otros como tú eres Dios con nosotros. So thank you for this word. We give it to you and we pray. Continue to, to lead us in the days to come. Thank you for who you are and for what you've done, Lord Jesus Christ. Gracias por, tu, por quien eres y que has hecho. Y te damos toda la adoración, toda la alabanza. All praise and all glory and all honor is yours. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, all God's people together say, Amen. 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 Let's sing his praises.